0: This podcast is supported by Nutrova, a homegrown startup using nutrition science to help you take charge of your health. Hi, it's me, Sarah-Jane Dias, and I'm here to help you as any friend would whether it's to give you a little bit of inspiration or a bit of a boost first thing in the morning a way to help you move forward or maybe even cheer you up if you're having a bad day along with yours truly I'll be bringing along people who have found ways to overcome and people who really inspire it's a guaranteed feel good smoothie for your soul We're celebrating Earth Day on the Sarah Jane Show. And who better to mark the occasion than with someone you'll most likely find under a tree with her feet planted firmly in the soil. I'm in conversation with Aditi Veena, an urban ecologist by day and a musician by night. She's a conservation architect who also writes what she calls Earth songs under the artist name Ditti. So let's listen to her and her story and get inspired to do our bit this Earth Day. How are you today, Diti?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: No, it's my absolute pleasure. did A little bit of reading about everything that you've done from such a young age and all the amazing things that you've done to spread awareness about this beautiful thing that we live on called Earth, or as I like to call her Mother Earth. And I was just amazed by the carbon neutral tour that you did. It sounded really interesting. I've never heard of anything like it before as somebody who's also a musician and I've done a bunch of things on stage and then I've tried to also do my version of a carbon neutral event. I've tried to keep it as local as possible. I've tried to not make paper flyers. I've tried to make sure mm-hmm. if there's like food at the events, then it's all sort of, you know, short of asking people to eat with their hands. Literally like mm-hmm. tried <laughs> to make sure that we don't use, like just the whole basic funda being try to put back more than you take out. You know, that's just Mm -hmm. been what I've tried to live by Mm -hmm. as far as possible. But -hmm. you've been doing it in a different way, in a unique way, and you've been doing it through your music and through everything that you really believe in. So I want to go back a little bit to some stuff that you've said about, you know, when you were growing up and you were growing up in Delhi in the Mm -hmm. 90s, where you said that the trees gave way to new developments and the air became polluted. What has your relationship been like with nature from a young age?
1: I am a very sensitive person. Everyone tells me I feel a lot and also I feel a lot. So I think growing up, my mum's a botanist and we spent a lot of time outdoors, you know, after school. Also in school, I was in a really special kindergarten where it was outdoors. It's called Magic Years and it's in South Delhi. It's a small school that conducts most of its classes outdoors. And I remember that to be such a tactile experience. Like I remember this big patch of sand that used to be my favorite place (laughs) in the world. And yeah, just growing up also in Delhi. But how we think of Delhi today is really not how Delhi used to be. Mm. You know, just spending a lot of time in gardens and in parks. And I was also privileged because we were living in this very beautiful neighborhood in South Delhi, which was laden with like... 52 parks, I think, there are in that neighborhood. And yeah, so I think I grew up with this relationship to the outdoors. And I spent a lot of time also looking at plants and trees and insects, thanks to my mum.
0: Did you talk to them?
1: I did talk to them, yes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but did you talk to them to before trees. you were told to talk to them? As did it just come uh, naturally, or
1: no? It came naturally to me. I still talk to trees. That's amazing. And I used to talk to trees when I was a child, and
0: so do I.
1: Oh my god, you do. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. right. Yeah, it came very
0: naturally. <laughs> I must admit, I talk to my fridge sometimes too. But, um, <laughs> that's a whole other. That's a whole other.
1: Yeah. So I think growing up, those are my most. Special memories also the gardens in my nanny's place the garden at my old grandma's house like that's what I remember like going to my nanny's place and going to the garden and my nanaji watering the garden you know like the smell of the roses like <laughs> all these beautiful things that we kind of take for granted or...
0: yeah and how did you witness that changing as you were growing up
1: Yeah, I think a lot started to change, especially this wonderful neighborhood that I'm describing. It's still quite wonderful, but, you know, houses went away. Like earlier people used to have their own individual houses and then Mm -hmm. they started, gentrification started to happen. So builders started to take over these houses and create builder flats. And in that process, Mm -hmm. the trees just kind of disappeared. In my own house where I grew up, there were five trees inside of our of our plot, you know, um, there were some trees lining the driveway, there were trees in the front garden, also trees in the backyard. And then there were trees outside of the boundary wall where the road is too. so where the pavement is. And then one day after my grandfather, my uncles decided that they wanted to sell this to a builder and that sort of thing, which kind of happens everywhere. And unfortunately, because of the lack of foresight or the lack of also sensitivity to the environment, the builders are not able to even suggest to people like, whose responsibility is it in the end, you know? Is it the people who want the house? Mm. Is it the builders? Is it the architects? Like, mm. who who mm. cares, you know? So mm. that kind of, I feel like I saw this really changing. And of course, this was at the same time when also these agglomerations were kind of moving into Delhi. So liberalization was happening everywhere. And then, you know, satellite towns were emerging. So Gurgaon, for example, was emerging and it's all glass and steel and you know these tall buildings and dwarka is another satellite town that emerged in the south of delhi mm-hmm. where essentially dwarka used to be a huge lake and they took out all the water from the lake you know essentially the ecosystems that thrived around the lake the forests everything disappeared mm-hmm. and then then came mm-hmm. these high rise buildings where people were just Mm. living and there's nothing in Dwarka except for housing. So people are just living there. There are not even any cinema halls, you know, there's not even any like markets to like buy stuff. Everyone has to go to Delhi. So it's like, gosh, what kind of neighborhoods and cities are we really designing? Yeah, so all this really affected me and I was also studying at that moment.
0: That brings me to my next question about what you studied. Um, And before I get into that question, I just wanted to sort of, you know, two things that came to mind when you were speaking. In my apartment building in Bombay, which got converted into an apartment building about 35, 40 years ago, the Mm -hmm. owner of the plot said to the builder that he could build provided he didn't cut down any of the trees. So mm-hmm. the wow. back of the building and the front of the building mm-hmm. still has the trees. And so mm-hmm. no trees are chopped or even trimmed by the BMC without prior permission from the people who live on that road. And the wow. like it's really cute how every time the BMC comes around to like cut the trees, all the aunties will come down and they'd be like, Don't cut that. <laughs> Don't leave that. You can't do this. And it's really cute. They're really protective. <laughs> About these trees and like the tree in front of my window has like was planted, I think, a couple of days after I was born. And it's still there. And I have such a bond with it. I have such a deep bond with that tree.
1: She's as old as you are.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can well relate to everything that you were saying about how you grew up Mm. and how you saw this thing, you know, all of this go away and it made way for concrete which again perhaps again arguably a necessity but I think there are ways of incorporating green and mother nature into the world that we live in because it's actually her world that we're making our space in and this takes me to my next question you were talking about the education that you received that you studied Mm -hmm. architecture Mm -hmm. And you said you weren't a fan of the way it was taught at university. Mm -hmm. What would you say or or perhaps do if you could include it in the syllabus for the next generation of architects for them to think more sustainably, perhaps?
1: So I'm already on that path. I now teach at the same university where I was studying. (laughs) So
0: I'm teaching
1: something called urban ecology. I think what I'm trying to do through my course is essentially it's a really hands-on course, and what I'm trying to do is essentially to to get a feel for the natural world and to kind of understand that really we are not separate from the natural world, that our world is is the natural world that really we are nature herself and we're not anything separate. so I think that if we are building, if you are learning to really build environments around us, we first need to learn what the environment is. We first need to respect what is this environment that we're going to be building with. And yeah, I think a more holistic understanding of the land, of the seasons, of climate, of materials, of how nature builds really, you know, how animals and creatures in the wild build for themselves. This is something that is really lacking.
0: Hey, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Now, this show is all about being happier by being healthier. And we all know how difficult it is to stick to our health goals. It's not just about committing to it in your mind, but actually making sure you're putting the right stuff in your body. Enter Nutrova. They're a nutrition company that develops evidence-based supplements to simplify your journey to your chosen health goals. Whether it's for your hair, skin, fitness or general wellness, Nutrova's range of products contain the highest quality of nutrients with proven benefits for whatever your health goal may be. Check out Nutrova.com for more information. That's N-U-T-R-O-V-A dot Now, back to our regular scheduled programming. So, could you tell me what your work as an urban ecologist entails then?
1: Sure. So, actually for me, it kind of started a while back when I was in university, but also soon after I was working in Sri Lanka for many years as a conservation architect. And then I was doing some research with a scientist at JNU. He is an astrophysicist, but he's also a particle physicist. And he studies these large magnetar stars. But he also does a lot of ecological work. His name is Vikram Soni. And we were trying to do some research around self-sufficiency in cities. How cities can essentially be self-sufficient. Because at the moment, cities are huge parasites, They are huge parasites. They do not produce anything. They are constantly sucking on resources from outside. If you just look at a map with cities, and the rest of the hinterlands are literally colonized by cities today, because what are they catering to are the needs of people in the cities. The water comes from outside. The food comes from outside. Energy comes from outside. Everything we use, we wear, everything comes from outside. So really looking at how cities can be self sufficient and start to produce their own water and energy and so so that was my research at that moment like this is about 6 7 years ago and then during doing this research i came across some very startling things for example about how only 4% of all the animals on the earth are actually wild and the rest are human beings and what? cattle <laughs> Yeah, and this is something that we don't really talk about or think about, or, or this is not this is not news, you know. This is this is no. hidden information that scientists are trying to
0: publish. Did you see four percent?
1: Yeah, this is only four percent of all animals. My heart animals. just broke
0: into a million pieces.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: Oh God, that's. This really broke me
1: also. It was so shocking. And to realize that actually the rest of the animals are human beings and the rest are actually animals that we are growing to eat. And animals that we're growing to either eat or get milk products from, etc. And so you can also start to understand how skewed our perception of the wilderness is. Because what we perceive as the wilderness is so small it's like life is shrinking yeah. you know the wild is know. shrinking these I mean if we thought a zoo was supposed to be four percent of the land in a city or something then that's what we have made of the earth you know it's like that's where yeah. the animals live and the rest of the land yeah. is saved for us and for oh my god I just yeah I'm having a <laughs>
0: moment. Yeah, I know. I can oh. I can feel it. I can literally feel it. I'm so sorry that's that must be really hard to you know when this is your mission and your purpose in life to have to discover these things can really break you and they can really like challenge your your perception, yeah. your belief, yeah. your your motivation. Um, That's right. I hear you. I really, really do.
1: But my current research kind of this this was a huge tipping point for me when I found this out. And I realized that actually that made me think, okay, we have this really limited biosphere. You know, it only Mm. extends a few kilometers above where we live above the land, a few kilometers below Mm. the the land. And this is the only Mm. the only place known to man where life exists. We are looking for planets and we're searching for life everywhere. We want to set up colonies on Mars. But really this is precious. I have this wonderful teacher who's no more Tiknathan. Don't know if you're aware of his work. Yes, of
0: course I know Tiknathan. Yeah, yeah, yes,
1: yeah. Yes. He always says that we can only care for the earth if we tend to our own suffering and if we really tend mm. to, you know, if we understand that The earth's pain is not any different from our pain. And if we learn how to go inside of us, only if we start to, yeah, look within, then we can...
0: (laughs) I like the analogy you sort of not hide behind your scientific papers anymore Mm -hmm. and come forward and bring Mm -hmm. your music into the world. I'd like you to speak into that a little bit, please tell me more about it.
1: Mm -hmm. So actually, it was not really a planned plan or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Mm -hmm. been writing songs for a long time. And this time when I was in Sri Lanka was very deeply touching time for me. It was also the first time like I was in my early 20s. I had a job, you know, I was independent and I was far away from home. And Sri Lanka is very special It has a small population and small community of artists and creatives and everyone kind of interacts with it. So it had a huge kind of effect on me. I was also living by the ocean and was very close to, I felt very grounded, very close to the earth. And yeah, I I think that I was writing a lot of songs at that time. And somehow I realized that a lot of this music I was writing was turning out to be about the earth, and they were literally turning out to be earth songs. So, when I put an album together, this friend of mine who helped me produce the record said, Ditti, most of these are earth songs. You don't write love songs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. Like, actually, this is how I feel. And they are love songs to the earth. And yeah, so so I kind of, I found that actually when I was singing, there were more people listening to me than when I was talking about the plight of the earth and what was really happening, mm. and the things I found. Mm.
0: And
1: that was a great discovery. I really am so... Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sure. I'm,
1: I feel very... I feel very lucky to have a
0: voice this is true for me may not be true for you but when I sing and when I communicate through song it really helps me heal and it helps me deal with the pressures and anxieties that I feel from the outside world how do you cope with the discoveries that you make that make your heart break how do you deal with all of that?
1: Yeah, I think this has been really hard. It was very hard, like 10 years ago, I have to say, like, it was much harder than it is now. The 10-year younger me was very kind of, I wouldn't say, like, I was also naive, but I was more like, okay, I have to change the world, I have to do something, I have to, and now I'm more at peace with the things I find, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. has changed but but of course music has been a huge huge vehicle for me to just make peace with things you know when you you must know this when you sing about something and you are emoting and you are crying you are also healing through that process
0: of course I just want to I want to steer a little bit away from this part of the conversation and just ask you something a little more sort of on a practical side. Mm-hmm. What do you think and what do you foresee to be some of the changes that you believe that big corporations and governments can sort of make in urban areas to protect the environment?
1: I think that that the earth and people have to come before profit. This is the mm. most important thing. That's all I would say to corporations and <laughs> for governments also the earth has to come first then people have to come and then then anything else and if they work yeah. like this then yeah
0: then there is hope things
1: would be different then there's hope <laughs>
0: yeah yeah there is yeah. i really do believe yeah. there is hope because i think that like i said and this is not toxic positivity speaking because i'm i'm aware of what that sounds like as well but i meet more and more people like you and that's why I believe that, as Tony Robbins always says, each one teach one. If you, mm-hmm. you've you taught me something today, I'm going to go away and definitely teach at least one more person. Mm-hmm. And that's how the change will come. And it will be subtle. It won't be at the pace that people like you and I need it to be. Because yeah. that's, you know, if I could, i pull a Thanos move and snap my fingers and just yeah. change it. <laughs> but that ain't gonna happen. But I just want to sort of wind up this conversation and just sort of, Mm -hmm. this is what I would like to sort of really ask you, because again, one of the important things for me about people who listen to this podcast, for them rather, is for them to be able to put something into action after they Mm -hmm. listen to this, right? So what are the kind of things that maybe you've done, environmentally conscious changes that you've made in your own lifestyle that would be, I'll use the word easy, for somebody who's listening, to try and incorporate immediately?
1: I would say the first thing could be just include more plants in your life. You'll be happier. (laughs) Your home will be more beautiful. You know, this is something, I guess, when you have like more life in your home, you will feel it. Like plants give us so much good energy and so much strength also right like there are a lot of healing arts that actually take like reiki and pranic healing they say you can actually take energy from good energy from plants and so yeah talk to plants get more plants (laughs) i would say also eat more plants plants. yeah (laughs) eat more plants please and less animals yes Yeah.
0: I hope this is. I think that's it. That's like three things that you can do immediately. Talk to plants, eat more plants, (laughs) and incorporate more plants in your home. Great. I love this. Yes. I love this. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a nice t shirt in there somewhere. There's a nice t shirt caption in there somewhere.
1: We should make it. Yeah, there definitely is. (laughs) Babe.
0: You're on, you're so on, you're so on. I'm really good with captions. I'm I'm pretty sure that it's going to okay, come cool. to me in my sleep and I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, okay, this amazing. is amazing.
1: But we should make it clear we're not creating more t-shirts, but we we could repurpose yes. t-shirts. We should just yes.
0: take what's there yes. and repurpose it. That's yes. another one of my favorite words yeah. for this year is repurpose. Now, before I let you go, you cannot not sing for us. Like that's just not going to happen. Aww. You have to.
1: Um. So this is a song I'm just writing. Currently, it's called Wild Things, and it's inspired by something that this scientist I used to work with said. He said, whilst we're looking for life on other planets, the Earth beneath our feet is slipping away. And this comes from a scientist who has spent his life studying large astronomical bodies outside of the Earth. Do you know why we seek to be a life eternal? They say the mountains keep the secrets As the peaks but they don't speak The mountains live millennia The mountains live millennia The mountains live millennia The
0: mountains,
1: millennia. The mountains millennia
0: You have such a beautiful voice, my gosh. Thank you. I have no words. I literally have no words to thank you enough for this conversation. It has been just wonderful. Thank you. This has made this Earth Day episode very, very special. You know, I hope that people connect with you, with your energy, with your spirit, with your work. I hope they are affected and impacted by it. God knows that everyone needs a bit of it in their lives. And I wish you all the very best with everything that you're trying to do and in every way that you're trying to change the world.
1: Thank you yeah. I wish you the same and really want to thank you for having me This was wonderful I, I wanna love oh,
0: Why What an amazing way to celebrate Earth Day. And I got a performance out of it, which may be the only performance on the Sarah Jane show. There is truly nothing more impactful to me than music. And Aditi's beautiful song really made my day. My chat with Aditi helped me realize that whether you go all out and make huge lifestyle changes, work towards systematic change, or even start with the smallest bit of effort, it all goes a long way in reducing the heavy footprints we leave on this planet that we actually call home. Wishing you all a very happy and a very green Earth Day. Now, head over to our show notes to find out where you can follow along with Aditi's journey, her work and her music. And for more feel-good vibes, check out FIGOCO, that's F-E-G-O-C-O, on Instagram.